The purpose of this podcast is solely for patient education. It is not intended to evaluate, diagnose, treat, or cure disease. Views expressed are those of the podcasters and not their affiliate. Any medical questions or concerns should be addressed by the listener's physician or care provider. Listening to this podcast does not constitute a patient-physician relationship between the listener and the podcaster. We do hope the podcast can help enhance the listener's own medical experience. Welcome back to today's episode of Everything Your Doc Wants You to Know, but doesn't have time to tell you. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform about health matters affecting adults. From latest research updates to tips on navigating the health system and everything in between. Thanks for joining us today. How are you, Lindsay? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. We got an exciting topic today. We do. So today we're going to talk about urinary tract infections. And I think before we get into the heart of this, we should really talk about what the what that means. What are what exactly are we talking about? Maybe starting with the anatomy of the urinary tract itself, so that our listeners know what we're talking about. Yeah, I think the the biggest concern people have with urinary tract infections is maybe getting an actual pyelonephritis, which is an infection in the kidneys, because the kidneys are connected to the ureters, which are connected to the bladder, which connected to the urethra. Yeah, and so when we talk about urinary tract infections, the tract can be any of those components. Um, most commonly would be the bladder, but um, infrequently the kidneys can also be involved. And in the past, I think we always were worried about treating the urinary tract infection so that it wouldn't progress to a kidney infection or the pyelonephritis. But I think we have some new new information on kind of the whole urinary tract system as a whole and, and what is a true infection versus do we have just bacteria living with us, which is a new thought. Absolutely, so. yeah. So when we in the medical community talk about infection, we're talking about a pathogen causing illness. So pathogen can mean a virus, a bacteria, fungus, any other um, organism that would be causing some kind of illness. So you can have irritation in the urethra or the bladder that does not necessarily equate to a bladder infection. Right. And I think the, the part that we've learned a lot in the last five, 10 years is that we have bacteria that live with us. Everybody, I think, understands that, that lives on our skin, that helps us in, lives in our gut and helps us digest foods. Um, and actually, bacteria live in our urinary tract as well. Absolutely. So it used to seem more black and white, and maybe it still seems black and white in terms of when somebody comes in with symptoms of bladder irritation or urinary frequency or urgency and burning when they try to go to the bathroom, that should be a urinary tract infection. But it's not quite as black and white as what we used to think. And again, this all relates back to the newest information that we have over the last several years on the microbiome and the fact that bacteria do naturally live in these places. Right, so it's when when we get a change in the bacteria or the bacteria start to cause symptoms that we didn't have prior that, you know, then it becomes an issue or an infection. And that what are the symptoms that, that we would be concerned about? Yeah, so let's define those a little better. I kind of rattled off a few just a minute ago, but mm -hmm. I didn't really say what they meant. So when we talk about frequency, that just means finding that you have to go to the bathroom more than you normally would or feeling like you need to. Urgency is similar, but it's more of that sense of I need to go now instead of being able to wait. Um, and then we call burning when you urinate that in a medical speak is dysuria 
But again, that can mean that there's inflammation or irritation down there. It doesn't necessarily mean an infection, but it can. And I think, uh, you know, obviously urinary tract infections are more common in women than in men. Um, so this is much more of an issue we see in the, the female population. Absolutely. I think we should focus more on the female population because today we're talking more about patients who have normal anatomy. So no problems with their ureters, which sometimes can not function like they should. We're talking about um, normal kidneys. Both kidneys are present. People with normal um, urinary tracts and the infections that can occur in these in this population. And that tends to be women much more commonly than men. A few more symptoms that I wanted to mention too. Um, one would be pain in the pelvis right. area and so that can be kind of tenderness over the bladder usually felt quite low in the abdomen or pelvis some can, described as pressure yep yep you can also get pain in the mid back over the kidneys and that tends to be uh, really only associated with infection of the kidney or pyelonephritis and fever yes fevers chills Right. Um, other just kind of general not feeling well, having fatigue, malaise, those kinds of things can all be signs of an infection. So when is it not an infection? That's a great question. <laughs> and that is, um, again, this, this has become a little more challenging to define because we can't just say that the presence of bacteria means there's an infection there. So like you were alluding to, most of the time there is going to be bacteria present in the urinary tract and that's normal and most of the time that's healthy. Which is why, and I think we talked a little bit about this at in our um, physical exam podcast, but we don't, we used to always just check a urine every year just for the annual exam. But the reason we don't anymore is because we are aware that you can normally have bacteria living with you in your urinary tract, and that does not mean it's an infection. So we don't ever check urines unless you have symptoms that would make us want to look. Right. And so the symptoms that we mentioned, sometimes those symptoms can occur, again, not associated with an infection. Right. We know that for women, well, for men as well, the urethra is a sensitive area. And so it can be irritated easily, either by physical contact or by different bath soaps and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so if there's um, something that's irritating it, that does not equal an infection. It just means it's irritated. And generally, with adequate water consumption, that will go away Dissolve. within a day or so yeah, without any kind of treatment. We see more and more concern for urinary tract infection as a woman gets older and is postmenopausal, and there's reason for that. And I think um, generally once you go through menopause and you have the lack of estrogen, then your, your tissues down there are less of a barrier um, because they've kind of thinned out and, and the, the skin and the tissue is a barrier for the bacteria that are trying to, you know, crawl up in. <laughs> Absolutely. So that loss of estrogen increases the ability of bacteria to overtake the urinary tract and cause infection. And so I think you see symptoms more often. Uh, you see true urinary tract infections more often, but you also see symptoms um, because of vaginal atrophy, um, which is simply a drying, thinning of a tissue's causes it more likely to become irritated. Right. So women may discussed. experience, just from atrophy, they may experience itching, 
um, discomfort frequency. when they urinate, frequency, urgency, all of those symptoms that can indicate a urinary tract infection, but don't necessarily. Right. And we get overactive bladder issues too, which is maybe another podcast, but which are, it has similar symptoms to a urinary tract infection. Absolutely. So as you're probably starting to see, this really is not a black and white. It either is a urinary tract infection or it is not. It's um, There's a lot of gray when it comes to determining whether or not there is a true infection that would benefit from treatment. And um, your clinician's job is to you know use the training that they have to put all of the pieces together and decide if it's more appropriate to treat or not to treat. And right now there's lots of, you know, we keep learning that sometimes it's riskier to go on the antibiotics and the treatment. Um, I think we've talked about in previous podcasts because of the side effects of antibiotics. And the, the list really can be quite long with antibiotics. So common things that you've probably heard about are stomach upset, diarrhea, um, rashes, true allergic reactions, or anaphylaxis. Those are a few right. things, but yeast infections. Absolutely. Afterwards, then we talk about the microbiome, which is the normal bacteria colonizing our entire body. And when a person takes a course of antibiotics, that microbiome is altered and doesn't return to what we would consider normal for over a year after antibiotic therapy. And so that's a year of probably having more issues with constipation, diarrhea, loose stool, bloating, all those kind of uh, discomforting things that happen because you've changed your microbiome and increasing your risk of um, having a true C. diff infection, which is another thing you don't want to have, which is a side effect of antibiotics. Right. So when the, the normal, your normal microbiome is disturbed, that opens up Um, space for bad bacteria to get in and cause other infections. And so the downsides to antibiotics are not to be taken lightly. Although antibiotics certainly are great when they are needed, we need to weigh that carefully. Right. So let's talk about um, some other symptoms that maybe people notice with their urine and the question of whether or not that would be a sign of a urinary tract infection. I hear frequently that maybe a patient has noticed a change in the smell of their urine, or I get a call from the nursing home saying that somebody has a strong smelling urine. Lindsay, what do you think about the significance of that, and what do you do with that? I think there's so many reasons that our urine can take on a different odor. One, it would be um, simply how much hydration you've had. So how much water have you drank? Is it more concentrated urine? Is it less concentrated urine? What did you eat in your diet? Because certainly anything we put in, everybody knows asparagus pee smells differently, right? Um, So the things we eat can affect the smell of our urine. And I think women often have a change in their smell when they go through menopause that becomes pretty disturbing to them just because it's different to them. But it's just the change of your microbiome when you have when you don't different have estrogen hormones anymore, and different right? pH in that area. Absolutely. Even going yeah. through cycles, probably when that changes, you have different um, smells. Absolutely. So we, the research does not support treating urine simply because of smell. The benefit of antibiotics to make your urine smell better does not outweigh the potential harms. And again, right. change in smell does not necessarily indicate um, an infection. It can be, there can be many causes. 
And then we often get calls from uh, family caregivers or nursing home because um, their their older adult, you know, grandmother that they're caring for, mother that you're caring for, um, is com- more confused than usual. Mm-hmm. And this so based on one. being more confused, they want us to check the urine because last time it was a urinary tract infection. And we've done several studies on this and you know, the people go into the emergency department or the walk-in clinic and we check your urine and sure enough, bacteria grows because bacteria lives with us and we treat it and they get better. But I think they're getting better probably simply because people are pushing fluids on them or they got some IV fluids in the emergency department. It's more that they were dehydrated that caused the confusion than a true urinary tract infection or lots of things can cause confusion. Um, and that's a whole nother podcast in itself, but generally it's not a urinary tract infection. Absolutely. So some delirium or change in mental status um, doesn't necessarily indicate a urinary tract infection. Right. That being said, when somebody is really sick and getting septic with a UTI, which doesn't necessarily happen gradually, that can happen very abruptly mm-hmm. in the elderly population especially, um, then yes, there certainly can be a change in cognition. So right. it is not something that should be ignored, but it is something that needs to be thoroughly evaluated and not just assume that there's a bladder infection there, but um, there needs to be a an more thorough investigation. Absolutely. Yeah. Another interesting thing about urinary tract infections is that they're not new in the last 60, 80, 100 years. Presumably they've been around as long as people have been around. And um the vast majority of the time in the past, people survived them without any kind of treatment. So it's only the last 60, 70 years that we've been treating these things with antibiotics. And there, the question has been raised um, as to whether or not UTIs do need treatment when people are not severely ill or needing hospitalization. Right. So I think it's not a an easy thing like we've said, it's it's not black and white. It's not, I have some irritation, so I need an antibiotic. Certainly, at least when we're younger, I know I've had, and I'm not that young, but I've had one urinary tract infection in my day, and I knew it, right? It was not fun. Um, but I think when it's, oh, maybe I do, maybe I don't, then probably just need to drink more water and wait it out. Absolutely. Unless it's truly... I don't want to go to the bathroom because it's like peeing needles and it gives me the chills and it's this horrible, horrible experience. I mean, that you need to treat. Right. And should seek, seek, seek medical, medical attention, attention for, for sure. Yes. Yeah. And interesting, interestingly, right now, they're doing studies on whether or not um, those more severe symptoms can be treated just with analgesics alone, which are medications to relieve the pain, or if they do need antibiotics. Because Again, for most healthy people who get a UTI, probably you would get over it without having significant complications. And what we've seen in studies is that the risk of getting that kidney infection that we worry about, that pyelonephritis, isn't necessarily reduced by treating a UTI with antibiotics, that the risk of kidney infection is still there just because you've had a UTI, whether or not you get antibiotics for it. So we'll have to maybe report back down the road and see um, as new research comes out on this. But Again, it's much less black and white than we maybe used to think and that I think the general population maybe perceives. And I think the best way um, to go about it is to try to do the things you can to prevent a urinary tract infection. And we know that there's several good ways to do that. Um, One is to make sure that you're drinking plenty of water. 
throughout your day that you're not holding your urine too long, that you're going when you feel the need to go. Um, what else? That if you're, you're postmenopausal, that you're taking care of your vaginal tissues mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, over the counter, if you're freak prone to urinary tract infections or having lots of burning and symptoms to, to ask your doctor about local estrogen mm-hmm. therapy, um, or to use, you know, some of the over the counter, um, creams moisturizers Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely probably the research um is that cranberry tablets and cranberry juice probably doesn't really decrease your risk for urinary tract infection that it's more just drinking the fluids to to flush things out i agree maintaining adequate hydration is probably the most important thing and then the other thing is to you know avoid um irritants avoid things that are going to cause that tissue to get irritated and inflamed because irritation alone probably can increase the bacteria's ability to get up inside and cause a true infection. Irritants would be things like soaking in a bubble bath, um, overly tight clothing, things like that. Yeah, I think even, you know, soaps that are heavily perfumed, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the best the best way to wash is just with water. And if you did do a soap, it would be like a very mild soap, like a Dove Absolutely. Sensitive skin, you know, at the most, but certainly no douching or other products in the area. Absolutely. Those things can alter the normal pH. That's the acidity of the vaginal tissue. And that, again, can increase the likelihood of bacteria getting a good hold and actually causing an infection. So we uh, look forward to emails and questions about this, and we'll try to answer those in our follow-up episodes. it's time to talk about practicing what we preach and this week I have a recipe that I thought would be a good one to share I just discovered this recently and um, I was actually kind of inspired I was in New York for a trip recently and found that every two blocks there's a place with really good healthy food it can you know a lot of roasted vegetables and different veggie bowls and things that you could get that were outstanding and um, healthy and just really tasty. So I was looking online for some recipes that would kind of mimic that. And I found this one by the girl on Bloor and it's sweet potato squash and kale Buddha bowl. It's a fair amount of work, but actually it's pretty easy. So it's a lot of, basically what you do is you roast all the veggies, you roast some chickpeas for the protein and they're seasoned with chili powder and garlic and they are fabulous by themselves even, but then you roast the vegetables. So this has squash, sweet potatoes, Um, kale, mushrooms. You can add some beets if you want to. It was really good. Um, And then you make a tahini sauce to go with it. And so you serve these all up. And we did ours with quinoa and it was just really outstanding. So something that's healthy gives you lots of color. It's a nice warm meal for cold winter and fall days. And um, although there's some preparation, it's really easy. You're just roasting the vegetables. So nothing that's complicated to do from a cooking perspective. So Sounds good. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And we will post the link for that in our show notes so you can find it and look it up. Thanks so much for listening today. We'd like you to stay tuned. In two weeks, we plan to talk about immunizations. That should be a fun, interesting one. And again, if you have questions or specific things you want us to address, feel free to shoot us an email and we will try to talk about these. As always, when you do email us, we will not use your name or identifying information unless you give us permission to do so. So 
Have no fear about that. Check out our website again. It's everythingdoc.com. That's E-V-E-R-Y-T-H-I-N-G-D-O-C dot C-O-M. Everythingdoc.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. And for today's show notes, see our website. Music.